Today on a very special episode of the New Nostalgia Podcast, we get interviewed. Dun, dun, dun. From the New Nostalgia Podcast, right? That's what y'all say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all gotta have such a complicated name. Um, We're the new TNNP. Yeah. And today I'm asking them questions on music. Yeah. See how this goes. So, Miss Luna, what are you gonna ask us today? So, the first question I have is basically how has music changed? And that's basically like meaning, how has it changed from when y'all were in high school to kind of now? Okay, well first let's establish how long it's been since high school, guys. (laughs) So Um, we're in 2017. It's been officially, well this June will be officially, what, 11 years since we've been out of high school? Yeah, so we graduated 2006. Mm -hmm. So our 10-year high school reunion was last year. Was last, last summer, year. yeah. And did we go? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not even close. Nobody wanted to. Why? Why didn't we want to? I don't want to be that guy. Well, not, not necessarily. You almost wanted I to. I really <laughs> almost wanted to go. It and I would have been like, like, I'll go to your high school reunion with you. But Oscar and I were very diligent in the fact that we weren't going to go. For, for the most part, I think you always want to keep in touch with the people you want to keep in touch yeah. with. Exactly. And let other people fall to the wayside. So. We had already established the fact that everybody that we care about, we still talk to. So, what's the point? <laughs> but, um... The music. When you think of high school... <laughs> when you think of high school and a theme song, <clears throat> what's the song that comes to your mind? Theme song yeah. from our our era. Oh, yeah. Our era? From our okay, era. I was just thinking in general. I didn't. Okay. Hmm. The thing is, though, music taste. Our music taste isn't necessarily like tied to the time. Like Jenny, you're the type of person who loves like '60s and '70s music, so you really can't say, "Well, the era of my musical taste in music." Exactly. I'm a very weird person to ask because in high school I didn't listen to what everybody else was listening to. I got into class. That's when I got into classic rock. So when I really fell in love with it. So my favorite band, that's still my favorite band today. That was my favorite band then was The Doors. I mean, The the Doors, Pink Floyd, you know, Led Zeppelin, Heart. You know, it's what I was listening to. So I'm weird to ask. So I think the bands that have continued and still have careers today, like the ones that were super popular then, I would say, like it was like the era of emo punk bands and like that sense, but also like R&B music. Which is something I didn't really listen to as much, but I know that there was a lot. I mean, I think we, if you go back into like the hits of that time, there's a lot of stuff at that point. But the bands that continued now have changed their sound drastically from what they were then. What I think is interesting, what what I think is, I don't know if it's funny, haha, but <laughs> it's, uh, I'm not going to say I didn't listen to to modern music at the time because one of the albums that I still that I think still upholds today was when we were in high school is Hot Fuss which I mean like we the listened killers? yeah 
we listen and like their only good, in my <laughs> opinion their only great album great album yeah from start to finish um it was a lot of mainstream and i think today everybody likes indie music more and i think we were talking the other day about how music has gone through this like wave to where there's a lot of hits right now that are under indie labels that yeah, are. are really good like we're just like yeah we'll totally listen to that i don't know from my my standpoint really um because i went through many transitional phases so i really changed up i guess the my appearance kind of went through different phases so my musical appearance went also with it um <laughs> Um, I mean, I listened to a lot of Incubus. I listened to... I got into a strange phase where it did kind of hit emo. I did listen to Dashboard Confessional, Taking Back Sunday, and Jenny's over here making faces. <laughs> um, I mean, it was around... The, it was half and half, and then I got into metal, and I was introduced to metal through a strange way. Um, and it wasn't just, like, your standard, like, Slayer, Metallica the regular standard hair metal or anything it was like straight up cannibal corpse go uh mm -hmm. go head um i you know just and just for really me, i'd listen to that stuff because my best friend listened to metal like <laughs> she was a metalhead so if it was anything that i heard that was really modern it was because of her and i mean i guess that would be like that part of i guess my era like for me individually that's the way it was it was just really blasting into my ears and really deafening leaving me deafening it was really awesome though okay well <laughs> so like i know today it's like really different i guess a lot of people listen to what y'all call emo music now <laughs> um so that's one thing but um there are some things that like I hear a lot and it's kind of like stuff that makes me cringe a little bit <laughs> like this one statement it was did you know David Bowie wrote a song <laughs> called uh, welcome to paradise I don't know if that's a joke <laughs> it was not and I was like okay who was this said by just somebody else and I was like not naming names. We're not naming names. We're not naming names. I consider myself a music snob. If I was personally asked that question, I think I'd just give them a blank stare and walk away. And that's kind of exactly what I did. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you right now. Like, should I tell you that Welcome to Paradise was a Green Day song? And yeah. that it's David Bowie. <laughs> I don't know where to start. With I would have just been like, first of all, there's so many things wrong with that statement. <laughs> Clear it up and then ask me again. <laughs> yeah, and so like I know that that happens a lot. Like there's a lot of stuff that happens like that. So how does that make y'all feel? Like I said, I'm a music snob, so I'm just like not. If I don't have anything nice to say to you, <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. So I'm just gonna just sit there and judge you in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> My, my question is about the person who said it. How old are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're around my age. Yeah. I was asked this question last year. I usually feel like I have so. to educate significantly younger people than, than me. I'm well, like, wait a second. Let's, let's fix this so you don't sound stupid to other people. Because <laughs> the thing is to me, it's like the, the question is, what's the person's background and what 
is the person's like parents or like their the people who they were the closest to during their upbringing what was their background because i mean some people just never you know yeah. they they were never exposed to david bowie they were never exposed to green day so i don't know how they put those two together to begin <laughs> with but somehow that happens it you know the synapse connected and it really wasn't supposed to but uh <laughs> i don't know it's like our our kids or people nowadays expected to know about like David Bowie hmm. are they expected to know about you know Green Day's back catalog uh, but I feel like they should I mean you really want me to say what I think <laughs> well it's like <laughs> I think they should I think definitely for sure I mean that's I mean if I mean if 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 that's what they're in especially if they're going to be talking about me to me, that's the first question I ask when I want to get to know somebody. Or even just talking to somebody, hey, what music do you listen to? Because it's such a big thing to me. But that's me. You know what I mean? I feel like anybody who's not going to care about music isn't going to ask a question like that. But I feel like they should be educated. I mean, I feel that some kids or some this generation should be introduced to, you know, I guess choir or be a part of band. I wish that I. I feel like there's not going to be that much of that though right now in this in the in the newer generation. I don't feel like there's that. I just feel there's a one and done, and they just kind of want to get done with school. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> so well, okay. So last year, obviously, when David Bowie died, I'm a middle school teacher, so I was you know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Praise <laughs> unto he, pretty much. I'm a middle school God teacher, so I I right like maybe like a week after he died, I put on heroes like just so while the kids worked in my class they would be able to you know have something in the background and the only thing i ever heard from a good majority of them who's this why why are you putting on old music you know and i think that one it's a cultural thing and also it's you know some people just don't care about well there's a difference between not caring and asking a question and if you're asking a question like that, then it's like, well, first of all, that's not even the answer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some, A lot of kids aren't going to care, and that's their prerogative. They don't have to. Yeah. They don't have to. But if you're going to talk to me about music, yeah, I'm going to make sure you know what you're talking about after you've talked to me. You know what I mean? Especially if it's about something I love. So. Sure. Yeah. I mean... I'm sure there was kids in there that were, whether or not they were like, well, who's this, blah, blah, blah. You probably had at least one kid in there who was like, I really like this. And I bet they went to go look for more music like that. Yeah, like I know in my English class, um, my teacher is a little crazy. (laughs) And he plays different types of music, but sometimes he'll play like um, music that I know that bugs have been, they've, He's been playing since he was in high school and stuff like that. So, like, um, when David Bowie did die, he played nothing but David Bowie. And, like, on Elvis's birthday, he played Elvis. And I was like, I was like, this dude knows my music. Mm-hmm. But I'm there kind of like, nobody else knows it. So what am I supposed to do? Just be like, oh, I know that song? No, I'm going to sit in the back and act like I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just like everything else, you know, like with a literature professor or teacher who starts, you know, showing you a book. I mean, music is 
is art and music is I think music should be taught it's poetry you know um so I mean some of our I remember I mean Miss Daniel our senior year of high school she taught us a lot of stuff like I remember when she went over with us her favorite song which was um what's going on by Marvin Gaye and we broke that down because it was poetry and it was significant and I think music should be taught that way in your music class in your literature class you know like we we did a lot with music in her class which I thought was extra awesome some people can take it or I mean you can take it or leave it but people who are going to love music are going to really appreciate that so it's really up to that person I'm not I love music some may love art more like actual mediums of art more than music that's their that's their taste music is mine you know what I mean yeah um I know that like when we have like at the beginning of this year we had an assignment where we had to figure out um basically the poetic structure of one of our favorite songs Mm -hmm. and of course here I am I did Led Zeppelin uh Stairway to Stairway Stairway. (laughs) yeah um, so basically I did that song and, um, later on I realized that everybody was doing this, uh, one song by, mm. I can't remember who, but they all did the same song and I was like, why did all of y'all choose this one song? And I chose this one. So I, so the teacher's like, Hey, uh, how do you know this song? And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, can we not go in? Like, can we not just like start the conversation? I, I had a lot of those instances too. I still do. You know, like, when I talk, because now that I'm older, I've I've been able to research a lot of really obscure bands that were obscure even for their time. So whenever anyone's like, how do you know about, you know, how do you know about, I mean, I'm trying to think of a specific band. I would band. say the perfect key example is Stevie for you, because when your mom asked you the other day, we're not all about Oh, not this, okay, well, okay, so Buckingham Knicks, for example, like, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham were their own thing before Fleetwood Mac. So, you know, when I was looking for that particular album, I remember when I was looking for that several years ago. I found it in mint condition, by the way. <laughs> um, you know, the person who sold me that album was like, how do you know this existed? Like, how old are you? You're like 20. And I was kind of like, I like good music. I don't know what to tell you. You know, plus I'm obsessed with Stevie Nicks, so, (laughs) you know, I do my research, and I really, like, I'm a purist when it comes to stuff like that, so, if you see my record collection, it's a pretty big one, I mean, for me, (laughs) you know, it's still growing, so. So, like, kind of going back in general, like, when y'all were, like, probably four, five, (laughs) <laughs> Do y'all remember what kind of music y'all lis- used to listen to during that time? It was anything my mom or my dad had on in the yeah. background. It was always, for some reason, it always ended up being Eagles, uh, Ellis Cooper, um, Ario, a- Abba. It, 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 the list goes on. It was everything, and it, and I still hold that to this day. I mean, I'm listening. I'm like catching myself, like always hearing like Dawkins and. And it's weird because I'm just like, wow, how do I remember stuff like that? It's like, it's random song knowledge that, like, for some reason, just that one song triggered a memory. And I would always keep that and I would always keep playing it on my playlist for some reason. I remember specifically, it was, um, <laughs> I guess, like, 
at that time it was if I was in the car with my dad, it was like eighties, like an eighty. It was a Billboard nineteen eighty seven, um, like those mixes that they would have on cassette tape, and they would just be like you know the biggest hits of the the, of the year. So it'd be like just again random eighties bands. Ooh, dream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of specific songs. I remember. Oh, the eighties. Yeah. 70s, 70s. No, no, well, my dad likes 70s, 70s AM rock, like his favorite friends, like bread, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, I grew up with the Carpenters, so. Yeah. Um, or also in my dad's car, um, like Randoms, like 60s band, like the Supremes, you know, stuff like that. I grew up too. If I was in my mom's car, for some reason, she really liked to leave it on a Tejano station, and that's what I grew like went against that's so funny because i would have never really pictured your mom to really listen to the i don't think i don't think she necessarily liked it it was just like well this isn't this is the 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 best i can get (laughs) like everything else she really wasn't into and i think it was like her car didn't have a working cassette tape tape player so i was like well this is fine you know selena will come on it'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) that'll be the pinnacle point that'll be the major point of my day (laughs) Come on, we'll just, you know, get everyone going. No. <laughs> For me, it, it's, um, I think part of the reason why I love classic rock so much is because it's comfortable to me, because that's what my dad listened to. Even though the music I listened to in high school wasn't usually what he listened to. I, I mean, like, I listened to The Doors and Pink Floyd and stuff like that, which my dad wasn't so much into that rather than he was into my my dad's a foreigner boston america eagles guy like that's that's what i grew up listening to from him my mom was definitely the 70s pop everybody in in my mom's family like i grew up listening to the carpenters like that's what we listened to my there's in the home videos that i have when i was from when i was little and the memories I have would be everybody gathered in my Aunt Patty's room listening to the records on um, on her her stereo. And uh, and now I have those records. Like, so we would listen to that. We would listen to ABBA and um, the Bee Gees. Like, you know, everything. You get Three Dog Night. Like, that's what they would listen to. And... Uh, you and John Travolta... Oh yeah, like the the random, <laughs> the random obscure record we do. The have. random records, some of the random <laughs> records my aunt would buy just because she liked one song. You know what I mean? Um, so now I have all those records, and uh, and she gave them to me because she knew I'd take care of them. You know, so that's what I would listen to. Usually, would listen to whatever my mom listened to on the radio when we were driving. Um, same thing with my dad. And then my dad listened to a lot of country music. So I love country music too, to a point. Like older 90s country, a lot of George Strait, you know, stuff like that. And, um, but when I, when I would listen to the radio, I listened to nothing but radio music. So 90s radio music is totally my jam. You know what I mean? And then I went through my Spice Girls phase when I was in third, fourth, and fifth grade, I was obsessed with the Spice Girls. Me and my friend Alex, we would totally like put on shows and stuff like that. And then I was a Backstreet Boys girl. 
And then um, I started getting into, like, quote-unquote harder stuff, which would be, uh, which I considered hard, like, Creed. And um, uh, Three Doors Down. And then when I got into, like, eighth grade freshman year is when I started listening to, like, 80, like, um, radio rock. Well, so, like, Seether and Three Days Grace and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I would listen to that, and I was fine. But emo stuff, I wouldn't go there. Not even, I wouldn't even touch it. <laughs> wouldn't even go there. So, uh, one question that I haven't been wanting to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyways, is, <laughs> so, basically, I listen to different types of rock, as you all know, kind of already. Um, but one question I have is, so how has rock changed to y'all, being that now we have kind of like Pierce the Veil, Hailstorm, I think that's the name, uh, we have Blackwell Brides and stuff like that, and compared to like the Eagles and the Beatles and stuff like that, mm-hmm. how has it changed to y'all? To me personally, I feel it's become less technical. It's become and and the in the sense that I say less technical is that I think they just do it for the fans. They do fan service like a hundred and ten percent more than what Eagles, Boston, Rush and all the other bands, Sticks and Ario, they did it for themselves first, I feel. And then the big payoff was I mean like the hearing the side stories of how they came to be for me Rush especially is that they, again, there are three Canadians, they really didn't have that much of a drive to go in, you know, and push their music out there because they thought it was obscure. They're prog rock. In Canada, you're not going to get, like, a good following for prog rock because, really, just the name is a bit of a turnoff. But for me, that was the attraction, is that... Canada's always, like, 10 years behind (laughs) us anyway. That's kind of... They're the advancement. So, I mean... Mm -hmm. For me, I feel they're not taking the chances or I don't think they're taking the risk because I feel the producers or whoever the label they're under is like, we need to make it sound like this versus where, again, the older bands I'm just mentioning went against the label. That's That was the whole thing. They were just lucky to get signed. And the producers had very little minimalistic in, you know input at all. So they were just like, we'll put this. The producer just gives a thumbs up and just says, okay, go ahead and release it. That was it. But I feel now the producers and the newer records and the newer music, they're just like, we got to make it sound good. (laughs) Versus it's it's good how it sounds. There might be one or two demos, but it sounds good. That's why we get the black labels. We get unlisted. We get songs that never on there because... The producer maybe might have gave him a half thumbs up. It was like, no, don't release it on the record. We'll put it under a B-sides. So I don't feel like the newer bands don't have that. I think it's hard to compare, like you were saying, like the Beatles or like Led Zeppelin to bands nowadays because the thing is about those bands is they have time on their side to be able to have been sifted through all this time and now they have like this timeless quality to them. And where, when we compare them to bands from nowadays, you can't say any of those bands are timeless because they don't have that. They don't have, you know, 
You don't know if the, if the longevity is there. Is it there? Probably not. You know, will people, you know, 40 years from now be talking about them? Probably not. Or the people who really love them will, but, you know, I don't know if they're going to have that same, you know, following even, even at that point. But I think also to a certain extent, I think that no matter what time music's made, it's always made for the, the people, like it's made for, for the masses. And I feel like maybe it has been dumbed down, you know, because now, I mean, I think it's just in general, the dumbing down of, you know, trying to hit the, 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 the most people, the lowest common denominator. So they pick the, the catchiest rhythms and like whether or not it's complex or it's intricate or it's artistic is kind of thrown by the wayside in favor of is it catchy will it sell will it you know is it marketable and i think that's much more of a that that's put more importance on today rather than maybe hopefully i mean i would think back then when you know people just wanted their records out they just want to be heard they wanted their music out there and that's not to say there aren't bands and there aren't um artists who are doing the same thing nowadays but again they don't have the time so they don't have that time on their side to say, well, that's a timeless piece of work. So it's tough. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that there's, I mean, music's going to progress with, with the times. Like we're in a digital age, right? So it's go, the music is going to reflect that. You don't record on, I mean, people do record vinyls now to buy, but even that it's produced digitally. It's not you know, mono or um, anything like that. Like it's, it's, first of all, it sounds different. And second of all, I think that because of the way newer generations are, what they're used to, they're used to everything to be, you know, at their fingertips, everything so quickly, you know, sometimes they don't take the time to really listen to what the song says you know, or things like that, they'll, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, like what you were saying, like, oh, mm -hmm. it's catchy, oh, this is that, so, so I think that's what they market towards. Nobody really sits down and listens to a whole al album anymore. Yeah. Nobody does that. Unless you're like, you know what, I'm going to be mindful, and it's a good mindful practice to do that, like, sit down and listen to a whole record, and versus a record from today versus even a record from 10 years ago mm -hmm. like and then 10 years before that and I think that's a good kind of like measurement of what's the difference you know and another thing is that you can you can call an you can call an artist a musician but you can't always call a musician an artist and you know, to play music, you're a musician, but not every musician is an artist, and I think that's a big difference, and I think, I think, like, people who are considered troubadours, like Jim Croce, or, or, you know, Joan Baez, Bob Dylan, you know, they used their, their voice as their platform, and made it more of an artistic thing, where some people do that today, but a lot of people just make it for money, you know? They just do it for money. So, yeah, I think that's the main difference. I also think 
things are just just in general not just music but things nowadays are so much more disposable you know where it's like it's you're not even trying to keep your people aren't trying to make something that's you know like again like like a timeless record or something because they're they're more concerned about always being in people's state of mind because that's what you know is more important nowadays you know where you know even like back then like you were saying like the like you know led zeppelin or the beatles like jane was saying like you you would listen to the whole record you couldn't skip from song to song unless you like literally moved you know the um the 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 record pin Mm -hmm. with nowadays with spotify and youtube it's like it's meant to where you know it's meant to where you only hear what you want to hear you know Oh, the luxuries of the skip button. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time I bought a CD because I didn't know that there was a skip button. Yeah, I listened to the whole CD, and then oh. I found out there was a bonus track. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of done away, too, bonus yeah. tracks. Yeah, bonus, bonus tracks. tracks or the, those hidden um, songs where, had, like, I don't know if you ever listened to a CD and, and you would, like, fast, you would rewind, like, it was a first track, and you would rewind, and there'd be, like, a hidden track within before, that thing but yeah before the actual album mm-hmm. began mm-hmm. that's gone yeah it is it is gone because when was the last time you bought a cd like yeah. legit i can't remember <laughs> i always pass by the section all the damn time now and i'm like i want to buy it but what's that my point yeah it's what's the point right now I don't know. I look at CDs all the time when, like, you go through the section, and I'm like, "Hey, that's only ten bucks," but on like Amazon or something, it's like twenty bucks. <laughs> I'm like, "But my CD player doesn't work anymore." Yeah. <laughs> so kind of steering from rock to just in general again, because those are my favorite questions. Um, what is your favorite song of all time? Oof. <laughs> Why? Why? I'm the only one who knows my own answer. <laughs> I, I know mine. Okay, what is that? Um, In the Airplane Over the Sea by Nutrimilk Hotel. I think it's one of the most beautifully crafted, like, it goes from the happiest of happies to the saddest of sads. And, you know, the, their whole album has to do with, uh, like, the, the lead singer read and just like wallowed after reading the Darren and Frank. I don't know why he read it as an adult for the first time, but you know, most people read it when they're younger. Um, but that he, he read it and just poured out this whole album and that's kind of like the main song of the album. And it's like, you know, it's, it's just so, it's, it's pretty, but it's also like so deep and which we got to hear in concert. Yeah. Which was awesome. Yeah. We actually got to go to, was it Austin? Yeah, it was Austin. Yeah. And they're they're just as good live as they are on the record. Mm-hmm. Just pretty interesting. I I don't know if you would consider it a full song, but I I'm starting to think now. Rush is twenty one twelve. That journey and it's such a beautiful breakdown. Uh, twenty one twelve is a breakdown of. It's a combination between Geddy Lee and Alex Iverson, uh, well as well as you know Perk, but they had a story of how music might start a revolution and the story of course is how a musician finds a instrument how he comes to learn how the instrument how powerful it can be and what are the limitations of possibly a a fictitious government stopping them from actually making great music so it's a it's a good story to start and then it gets sad because now you you have limitations as the musician as you see it 
and you get to hear his uh, firsthand uh, abiding by the rules and then trying to rebel against the rules and then just finally just saying to hell with it and actually just making the entire ending just that much more awesome. But I feel like that tells a beautiful story of what I feel it could possibly be that we are, I, I think, somewhat afraid to make what we want to make. But then if we do make it, then there will be peace and harmony. But that, no matter what state in mind or what time frame 2112 is in, it'll still be the same way all around. My favorite song of all time is With or Without You by U2. Like, it, that song, to me, has meant different things throughout my life. When I first heard it when I was little, because, first of all, the Joshua Tree is, like, the, one of the best albums ever made, in my opinion, right? Like, U2 is one of the greatest bands of all time. The way they get along, their democracy, their brotherhood is just, it's, to me, it's, it's amazing. I mean, they are still going strong today. And... Um, that the that song when I first heard it when I was little my dad used to be obsessed with it so he'd play it over and over and over and over and over and over again and um, and when I got older I felt like like it spoke to different events in my life so then when I went through my first um, relationship and I fell in love for the first time I heard it in a completely different way, and I understood it differently. And then when I broke up for the very first time and I went through my first heartache, I understood it a completely different way. So I felt like, it's kind of like when you watch a movie that you really love and you, you somehow seem to find something new in that movie every time you watch it, that's the way that song is for me. And it's just, it, it complements, everything in that song complements each other so well to the lyrics, to the way the edge plays the guitar, to the way the bass comes in, and it, it's all so beautiful. It's amazing. So I know for me, Avenged Unfold was my first concert. It was in May of like 2011, and it was like, you know, I had fun. So for you, what's like kind of the most memorable concert y'all have been to or show or <laughs> something like that? Favorite concert? That's or cute. favorite too, yeah. Uh, um, I've only, I, I feel like I've only gone to literally a handful, but I always grasp to the things I've seen before people passed away. And it's kind of sad because I wish I hadn't seen them at their lowest, I guess. I kind of wanted to see them in perfection. Um, but then there's good concerts that we've gone to all together. Um, but I guess the one that was like, it real stands out to me was the, it's the Jägermeister Jägermeister uh, tour and it was hate, a hate breed typo negative and three inches of blood. I actually got to see uh, what's his name again? Peter, Peter Steele. Steel. <laughs> I got to see Peter Steele for I guess his uh, final performance. It was it was amazing. I and, know. And, and, and then to come in a way and not knowing that you know that he was gonna pat and not continue the tour or they weren't gonna continue the tour. It just kind of put a damper on my day but I'm um, I guess I was grateful to go ahead and see him for his last and final That's performance, cool. but he gave it his all, and that was amazing to go ahead and Lucky see. Lucky duck. <laughs> yeah. My favorite concert? That's hard. I don't even know. Come back to me. <laughs> go. Hmm. 
Your first concert was the Decemberists. Decemberists. Which is it was, it was one pretty, of the things that was I was arguing great. with in my mind. It was pretty was great. It was an amazing concert. But uh, there was, it was to me that the Pixies concert. The Pixies concert was phenomenal. So, so, I'm like going back and forth with the Pixies and um, the Cure. Like oh, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I was so, going to go for that one too. So but. one year for my birthday, Jenny got me um, tickets to go see really Best Coast, which was their opening act. And then it was the Pixies. And Best Coast, <laughs> Best Coast, I love. Like they're they're a great band, and it was really fun to watch them. And the Pixies was kind of like, okay, the con, like, okay, well, we'll we'll stay obviously stay for the Pixies concert. I wasn't even super duper into their music, but man, God, like from start God. to finish for about two hours, two three two two and a half hours, they played almost nonstop. The only time they stopped was like I don't know somewhere like after an hour and a half, you know, and it was just to kind of like. You know, change their instruments. Yeah, just change their instruments and like kind of walk around, you know, because they literally stayed put, stayed planted, and just played. Played. And it was like. To have that tenacity. It just melted your face off. Yeah. You know? So. We were in the balcony. It was amazing. We were like. Like, it was. It was. It was freaking amazing. Like, just the whole thing. Like, again. To, to be a, a person who kind of liked the Pixies, to, like, afterwards be like, I need, I wanted, like, a playlist so I could just remake that whole mm-hmm. concert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say that was the best concert I've been to. And then you threw out the, uh, then you threw out the Cure when we went to Austin, and that one, mm-hmm. five freaking encores. I can, I'll, mm-hmm. we'll post the playlist online. I've tried, and that... Literally five freaking encores, and every song they kept coming back out. Every single song, uh, that was the cure was probably the most satisfying yes. concert <clears throat> I had ever been to, um, because it was definitely the first concert that I'd never been front row, and I think because the concert we went to before that was. Brand new, mm-hmm. and um, which was awesome. That was. Funny. But you definitely would have. You love that more because brand new is oh, your yeah. favorite band. That's my favorite band. <laughs> and um, and so I remember being so exhausted and feeling yeah. like I can't move. I can't handle this anymore. I'm like I'm too old for this. You know, yeah. like I can't handle it. So I was like, next moment. time we go to a concert, <laughs> let's sit up there. <laughs> and it was awesome. The tickets were like. 40 bucks mm-hmm. less than that maybe um and it was totally worth it because we didn't leave the concert with our ears blown out and we saw everything perfectly heard everything perfectly and we wanted to get up and down so good you know like it was it was seriously awesome but god i don't know my it's it's hard i've been to i've seen a lot of probably the first time I saw Girl in a Coma <laughs> was when I saw the Dresden Dolls, and Girl in a Coma became one of my favorite bands, like, right away. Like, it, when, when I first started hearing about Girl in a Coma, um, was when I was like, oh, I want to hear them, because I'd never heard of them before. So I'm going to say when I saw the Dresden Dolls in Houston, that was probably my favorite concert, because it made me love a band that I love now, you know what I mean? I'm done. <laughs> so, I 
Do y'all have any questions for me? What era would you have liked to live in to have heard that music for for the first time? The 60s. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> if I could if I could go back in time, the first thing, if I had time machine, the first place I would go to was Woodstock. Like that would definitely be like my number one thing. I would go to the 60s. Just because I like I like a lot of 60s music, 60 music i guess um so yeah that would be my go-to place so what artists that are alive because you have to ask that are alive now right <laughs> what artists that are alive would you like pay anything to go see well just in general just in general, in general um i would pay anything to go see <laughs> probably david bowie that's probably the one I would probably pay anything to go see. I would give up my whole college to wish him. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> Praise be unto thee. <laughs> I had one more question. Yeah, now that I remember it, kind of. Mm-hmm. Who do you wish was still making music? Freddie. Hmm. I feel. I, I wish Freddie Mercury, you know, was still around. And- because I, I I don't know if I've said it in a previous episode, but I always I always poke fun at it when my dad said it once, and it <laughs> the thing that sticks out to me if you notice Freddie Mercury's mouth is not the like nicest looking thing, but an angelic voice comes from that mouth, and I mean I feel like modern dentistry would kind of fuck it up too, but I feel like I wish he was still around and he was still the like Queen was still making something. Else. Wait, can I take back my answer from like earlier where I said David Bowie? <laughs> I, like, they're pretty up there. I would pay to see David Bowie and Freddie Mercury. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you're not changing your answer, you're just adding to it. Okay, <laughs> well, adding to the there answer. There you go, there you go, yeah. Uh, I wish. Smith. Huh? Elliot Smith. No. 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 <laughs> to a point, to a point, maybe. But no, not Elliot Smith. I, I wish. Uh, the that the Smiths like were still making music and, and that Johnny Marr and Morrissey were would, still friends would bury the hatchet and I just think like that's a really good go one. on tour yeah. again and make one last album together yeah but Morrissey has to be a little bitch because if you li- <laughs> the thing about Morrissey's music though is like you listen to it and it's missing that something and that something is Johnny Marr's guitar mm-hmm. you know? it's true it's just not the same. <sighs> Was still making music. Stevie's still making music, right? Yeah. But it's just... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I can't say Fleetwood Mac because they're back together again, and then they're still they're still making music. I'd say Prince, but I like his more his earlier stuff rather than his later stuff. So, no, as much as I love Prince. I think that's that's a really good one. I yeah. think that's a really really Smiths. good one. Because mm-hmm. uh, they're not dead, and it can mm-hmm. happen, but uh-huh. not gonna happen. <laughs> Maybe Billy Joel, because he hasn't written anything new in a really long time, and I think that man's a genius. So probably him. Still making new stuff. He just does tours now. 
I mostly play the Madison Square Garden. <laughs> so I think that's it for today. Um, I would just like to thank Jenny, Bugs, Oscar, um, you know, helping kid go on to her college education. <laughs> Whatever we can do. To You're help. welcome. <laughs> <laughs>